0: I'm painting the wall just, just really concentrating what I'm doing. I heard somebody with all this profanity and fussing. I thought Kevin was arguing with somebody. He was arguing with the sprayer. You'd spray
1: large areas of the wall with it. So it's like this big, you know large paint
0: sprayer. Uh, so Kevin's having some problem with it. The all of a sudden he went, God uh, uh, we can't say that. But anyway so I look again, <laughs> there's black paint all over his face right? And I look at his face man, and that was kind of emotional because I'm washing black paint off this guy's face. I'm looking at him and laughing black faces and say, do we tell us? story? No. And I'm like, you know what? And we can, can find some
1: humor in all this, right? Teasing <laughs> me for having black face and I've got, my face is covered and I wasn't wearing any goggles so I've got man, black paint in pain. my eyes and yeah. I'm like Give me fresh water now. I go over to the water bucket and it's up. all paint water. <laughs> and like, I'm looking for, I'm like, can't see.
2: And he's sitting there teasing me that I've got blackface. That sounds horrible, but that's, that's that's a cool story.
3: In May of 2020, the citizens of Richmond, Virginia took to the streets to protest racial inequality, police brutality, and the monuments to Confederate generals that line our historical streets and city parks. As a result, African-American artist and community activist Hamilton Glass chose to create a public art project that brings together artists from different cultural backgrounds to paint murals that start conversation and heal the divides between us. That project is called Mending Walls.
2: Hey, guys. My name is Hamilton Glass, founder and creator of Mending Walls, and today I'm here with Kevin Orlosky and James Thornhill. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Hamilton. I'm so glad that you guys are here with me today. You all are two profound artists, public artists, and the reason I, the reason I pause on that is because I see you all doing more than just public art. So, I I don't even know what to call you. you just you just do a lot. You do creative wizards yeah, here. I, I in, think we both stay very busy. Yeah, absolutely, and in, in Richmond. Um, But I'm going to give you guys a chance to kind of introduce yourself to, yeah, to introduce yourself and tell us what you all do here in Richmond.
0: James, would you want to go first? (laughs) Yeah, I'm James Thornhill, artistically known as Sir James L. Thornhill. I have about 20, about 25 murals in my arsenal, I should say. I was born and raised in Jackson Ward. I teach after school program. Sometimes I teach maybe over 500 kids a year. But Richmond is my home. I consider myself as a as a community activist.
1: Yeah, I'm Kevin Orlosky. I am an interdisciplinary artist with a big focus on interactive public and community art. Uh, my wife and I founded a organization here in Richmond, Art on Wheels, thirteen years ago. But recently, I've been putting more focus into personal public art career. I've been trying to branch out some more and get commissions outside of Richmond as well and just trying to you know grow my um, artistic endeavor on more of a national
2: scale awesome you always make that sound so good <laughs> <laughs> awesome so you all had were picked to paint down in around Oliver Hill uh, in the Oliver he- Hill area on the Catholic What's Commonwealth the Catholic Charities thank you Commonwealth Catholic Charities building and when you all were introduced to the Mending Walls Project, I want to ask you first, what made you want to be a part of the project? Well,
1: for me, I've always been a big supporter and activist in social justice. And it's as I've gotten older, it's been harder to be on the streets and protest and be active that way. And using art to be able to participate and support is you know, probably the best way I can do it. And when I saw you, I um, started talking about this immediately. I was like, how can I be a part of this? Yeah. And that's when I reached out to you. And thankfully, it was early enough because it seems like there's, like, almost everyone would love to be a part of this. And, you know, I'm thankful I was able to be a part of it.
2: Yeah. What about you, James?
0: Almost like, like the same thing. Ham and I worked on projects before. And normally the projects that we both kind of go with, was, in our experience, was uh social changes, you know, things that would enlighten the community, his- historical things. Most of my are of historical features, or people and community. And um so when Ham called me, said, James, I got one for you. I got one. I was like, yeah. When he said, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do this. But then knowing the area, because, of course, being born in that area and walking up and down those streets, that's where the prisons are. Most be called Wilkins Court. And at first, to be quite honest, which I said, he got us down there, you know. So I'm wondering, because there's Broad Street, there's a lot of things going on. And then he asked, you know, are you guys okay? with it? And I thought about it. I said, that's, the, is, that's where I want to be, right there, where um, the prison system is, where the kids come through, and then um, where you see people that are being helped, poor people in the neighborhood are being helped. So I got excited um, after thinking about the project and looking at the area, because I went by there a couple times, and, it just worked out so, so good for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, my big focus was to involve the surrounding community yeah. in the project. Um, and what better than, you know, in that area where there's, yeah. you know, so many unheard
0: voices. I call it the trenches because in order to understand um, what's going on in the community, you, you need to be down there. And that experience was the experience of life. So,
2: James, you brought up an uh, important subject. Which I don't think I've talked about in these podcasts, right? Which is um, the locations of these, and of course, from Mending Walls, we receive donations, just public donations of people who are interested and who are interested in a project and want to lend their small business or you know their their space or wall to the project. But a, an abundance of those are downtown, and. To be honest with you, I, 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 of course, who doesn't want to paint downtown where, you know, the majority, you know, the majority of the people will get to see your work. I was trying to f- figure out a way to spread this further out. Right. And so when I came across walls like yours um, and the ones in Chaco Bottom and Brooklyn Park, those are the ones that were actually more exciting to me because. Giving many walls a bigger footprint was really important so i I'm glad you brought that up because it gave me a chance to kind of kind of say that yeah and I think doing that really gets them into the communities that matter exactly yeah, exactly right we right everyone spends money downtown right so everyone invests in downtown but but getting that art into the spaces that matter I couldn't have said it better kevin let's so let's get into what the actual piece looks like Try to describe for the listeners who haven't seen the mural. What does it look like?
0: I'll let my technical guy go. (laughs) Okay. These two gold
1: adinkra symbols that can start the mural off, and they really set the stage for it and kind of define... They're like the defining symbols of the whole mural. And they're done in gold. One is above the other. There's a little tiny window in between them. Um, The sankofa, which is a bird that is looking backwards while dropping an egg. And the whole idea of this is moving forward while always looking back. And then underneath it, the hourglass, and I can't remember the actual name of this one, but it's basically an hourglass shape. And it's about how, about change is, there is always change. Change always comes. You know, good things don't always last, they change. And bad things don't always last, and they change. And that sort of set the tone for the whole mural that, We want to use this mural to help make change from what is going on right now. And so when you go beyond that, there's a door right in between that and the rest of the mural with an awning. So on the other side of the awning are these two figures looking at each other. And I think this is the brilliance that James brought to the mural. There are two universal uh, black American youth looking at each other. We wanted to go with you know not a specific person, um, but kind of representing all youth, and they are both wearing crowns and kind of represent that like they're all royalty like they can they're all kings and queens yeah. um and they need to you know they can take that power in their own hands, and uh, they're staring right at each other, and the male they both have halos, gold halos in front of their faces, and inside the halos is like the conversation they're having. And he is looking right at her in this, like, stone-cold face. And in the halo, it says, am I next? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a really powerful question because right now in today's context, I feel like most people might think, am I going to be the next uh, victim of police brutality, police violence? And we wanted to change the... Narrative of that question it was sort of the goal. It had to, so to be positive, and so we made the positive response from the female being, "I believe in you." And doing this is sort of the idea: is like, yes, we can make this change. And the answer to this question can be something different. Am I the next great explorer in space? Am I the next person to you know do th- great things for humanity? Am I the next? president of the United States. You know, we want to change that narrative of the question. Um, And then as you go further along this mural, it's a really long wall. There are three portraits we did of um, folks that live in the surrounding community. And this is where we ask them, what is the change they want to see in their community? Yes. Um, And we took their words and took a photograph of them while projecting those words across their face. And, used those port those photographs as uh, reference to paint directly on the wall. And then the wall itself in the background is all black. Oh, so heck, all yeah. these figures just really stand out. And as meandering through all them it has all these Adinko symbols um, that have different meanings that relate to each part, to each
2: portrait, basically. Hmm. What, so what other Adinko symbols, even if you can't name them, the meaning... Of them, did you, some is dealing use? with love, unity,
0: togetherness, mm-hmm. perseverance. Perseverance. Okay. But then, if you if you look at the building from a distance, all the borders has like um, um, colors that that's typically seen in African uh, quilting and in African colors. So the border is completely done like that. And then, as you walk up to the door, there were two columns out there sitting in front of it on this on this uh sea of black uh black background and the kids out there, so Kevin and I were like what are we going to do with these colors? So we decided to make those those same colors, but mute them a little bit so it won't be as brilliant as the colors on um on on the skin yeah. and kevin Kevin used paint, and I used spray paint, so it was an interesting contrast, yeah, both of them I mean it
2: just it worked it worked together. Yeah. So when you all first got together and found out that you guys were partnered together. How was that like? What was that conversation like? Um, What was that dynamic like?
1: Well, I think we started off just like right on it from the beginning. You know, we've known each other for a while, but have never worked collaboratively in like a single, single art piece like this before. So I think we were both really interested and eager to get started. And, you know, I came up with... The idea of doing the projection across portraits as a way to try to be like this is how we can start a conversation with this and I think from there we just kind of stewed on it for a little
0: bit Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> and then we got together one day to like alright let's hash this out um, and James brought his idea which
0: kind of brought the whole thing together and I think I'll let you speak on that when, when Kevin brought the idea of doing it across uh, putting Projecting it across your face. I couldn't see it because he's talking about projecting words across the face, then putting it on the wall and how technical that's going to be. So I'm like, OK, so do it. On, show, do it on my face first. Try it out on me. So he put, he had me up there, this big light in my face. He shined across my face. I couldn't see, but I could see <laughs> the after effect because this these words were wrapped all around my face like it was out. I, I could feel it. I could feel how this is going to happen. So as we stood on it some more, I had conversations. And then I I remember the type of work that Kevin did. And I was excited. I'm like, this is going to be a cool collaboration. Because when it come down to, I thought it might be a problem handling a different skin tone. But it was no problem at all. Everything, when I look at the mural now, the colors work, the skin tones work, the background work, everything. Every day was just a day of collaboration. If I didn't quite understand the process We'll talk about it. if he didn't understand, we'll talk about it. And then sometimes we're like, let's just go ahead and do this because Kevin is a planner. He coming in the morning, he wants to get the board out. I'm like, I got a cup of coffee in my hand, man. I'm ready to roll with it. What <laughs> you going to do? He's OK, let's get started. Let's get started. And then we'll talk about it some more. But um, it, it one one issue that we did have was um, the Adinka symbols because they mean so much. But when you look at the black American community uh, versus the the, um, the African community, some dinka simples stand out to us more because we relate to that for where we are in our present condition, where we are in this land, and some stand out to them more and stand out to them more. And when Kevin was reading, he said, "Man, this sounds so good." And it did sound good, however, that identification wasn't what we on this side of the continent experienced. Kevin started understanding. understand. I said, I'm going to make you real black when we're done. I said, I'm going to make you, we, you're, going to, you're going to be well-schooled when we're finished or well-taught well when we're finished. So he said, well, James, why not give them something that they're not familiar with? I said, aha, that's a good thing because now both, it's a teaching tool in both ways. So Kevin brought us some symbols, not brought us some, and um, it worked. Yeah, I I think the
1: way those Adinkra symbols really brought everything together is what kind of makes that mural. You know, for me, I had never really been familiar with these symbols. Looking at them, I recognized some of the symbols, but I never knew what they were. Um, And so it was really enlightening to learn about them. And some of the meanings behind these, you know, are
0: really great. Oh, and and incidentally, for those who don't know, Adinka symbols are from West Africa. Mm -hmm. Adinka symbols, Adinka symbols, it's it's another method of, of recording history. It has messages like the old people used to sit around the fires and and the grandfathers used to give all these handed down uh, legacies and legends and things from these symbols. If a person can't read like English or other languages, they can identify to these symbols. And most of it has a lot to do with courage and and um, and going through experiences and 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 like the Sankofa was the most popular one. Mm-hmm. And then hourglass, y- you see this gold Sankofa at the top and a gold hourglass like at the bottom. And when you realize that when you drive up at nighttime, this place is so lit that the gold lights up. I mean, Kevin was like, Eureka, <laughs> we, we, we we bought some um, spray with gold spray paint, you know, because we had
2: a budget. So let's use this thing. Yeah. Did you guys have any difficulty in whether it was in the in the actual physical process of creating this mural to the just the dynamic of you conceptualizing? Did you guys have any issues with that? I think that anything
0: that could
2: have went wrong went right.
0: I mean, because um, even when we had little spills, it still turned out to kind of work in our favor. Yeah, I what, felt like everything just fell right into place it, it when did. we did this. The spiritual ramifications, also the people out there and giving us those compliments, and then when it rained that night and we were so, I don't, it was like the world was built in seven days. This mural is going to get done in seven days. It wasn't a mad rush because it was calmly done, um, but it was moving so smoothly and then we put the tarp on top to keep the rain from getting on us and I take the lift and I put the tarp on top of it and I had the paint a white five gallon bucket of paint I put on the end and it fell right on the roof I didn't know it was white I was like oh hell that's orange I, I didn't know what it was so I go up there I said it's white paint and it, and the top was still on but some fell so we put the tarp on top when you pull the top up The paint just came right on up. So a lot of things happened, but everything seemed to work out, you know, to the advantage of the project. And then we had those emotional times when I came over there and Kevin said, somebody sleeping under the the top behind the lift. And I was like, oh, no. So the poor guy was there and we had to move the lift. And I asked him, I said, sir, do you mind?
1: It was rough because he looked like he was in bad shape too. He had yeah, a hard time getting up. We offered him the drop cloth as be like, you can take the drop cloth with you, stay warm. Yeah, he took that. You know, but the Commonwealth Catholic Charities they do services for homeless people, and so there were always people hanging around there even when they weren't open. And you know, learning some of their stories too. It's like yeah, you know, it was you're, a, yeah. these people aren't homeless because. They
0: are and have something wrong with them. Like, then the night it rained so bad. We decided to leave the tent up. Yeah, and came back the next day. They had, they were there. The friend was there. They bought they had a couple of people there. But they used that as a shelter. And then before it was all over, I gave guy water, bought him a blanket from home, and said, "Look, I'm, I'm just, I'm giving you this, um, you know, because I care about you. You know, just hope you can take care of yourself." And um, it was, it was quite an emotional journey the, the whole time. I shed a few tears out there. You know, and, and we had a couple of people to ride by to scream some things outside the window at what was going on in the wall. I don't want to repeat those, but, um, you know, it didn't. It just it happened a couple of times. What surprises that happened there, too, out of all places. I was kind of surprised, too. But in this day and time, I'm not surprised about a lot, Kevin.
2: So what, especially with your contact with the people who were coming to the actual building to receive their services... What do you think they were – you, were you able to talk to them? I know you said some, but talk to them. And do you think they could take anything away from the mural that you guys created?
1: I don't know if what they took away from it, but I know they all really enjoyed it. They were all super encouraging yes. all throughout the process. Mm-hmm. You know, there, were, there was this one couple. I think they lived nearby, but they came over to use the Wi-Fi. Um, so they were there like every day that we were painting. They like became friends, and they like it seemed like almost every day they were like, "Oh y'all, y'all are doing great. It's coming along, awesome." You know, and that was it's kind of <laughs> nice to have like you
0: know cheerleaders yeah. as yeah. you're painting because we didn't know what they were out there for. And come to find out, <laughs> they don't have any phone service at all. But when mm-hmm. they come over there, they can get some type of phone service. So again, we're talking about the act of survival, right? Right. You know, and then some of the people that came to the ser- for the servers they knew what, they, what the symbols meant. They told mm, us what they meant.
2: That's beautiful.
0: And so they, they, all of them chimed in, um, well, a lot of them chimed in, and some people just kind of walked up, looked at it, and just said, y'all guys are doing good. And so, um, so yeah, we feel the appreciation from, um, from this project. And then we had an opportunity to talk to them about mending walls oh, and so. that we need to talk as a conversation. So we used this opportunity to talk with them, to bring them in, because um, we didn't get kids until, like, the day before the event. Nobody had kids. I mean, with this whole COVID thing going on, nobody wanted to transport the kids there. So the kids, had, for most, of them, had to walk down the hill to come to be a part of the program. And um, the teacher that brought them to us, she said, "Well, I got bad news. I don't have kids for you." It was the day before. Yeah, Kevin we, and I. We, we
1: brought that the last God. minute to get those yeah, yeah. portraits.
0: Yeah, I was sweating it too. We was gonna do Facebook and just let anybody <laughs> come, but uh, we, we we decided not to. But um, but she brought the kids, and the kids were great. The little girl, she was like, well, um, are y'all going to give us lunch? Because McDonald's is up the street. So, of course, we gave a little bit. We had to say, look, this is not paid for doing this. It's because we care about you guys. So everybody was so lovable. And and one of the ironic things, um, the experience that, that we had was that the little guy had on the red hoodie hand. And we 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 wasn't thinking about it at first. But then uh, somebody said, put the hoodie on. Was that me or you? I'm pretty sure it was you. Okay. <laughs> and then the girl, you know, she was so nice, but on the wall it looked like Brianna Taylor. And um yeah, yeah. So and, I was
1: and who had just finished yeah. painting the last portrait and someone came walking up and she was like, "Is that Brianna Taylor?" And I was like, "No, that's it's not. Um it's, you know, someone who lives, you know, up the hill up here." Um, and she's like, oh, "God, it looks just like her. And it's like, you know what? You're right. It does kind of. And then she looks to the guy, um, Shamus, who is um, the guy with the hoodie. Um, and says, and that looks like Trayvon Martin. It, yes. And it's like, Ooh, you are right. Yes. Like, yes. how could this yes, have even okay. happened? Like, get these community members that look like um, these people. Yes. And the interesting thing enough is we went with the hood up on Shamus because it – Paid homage to
0: Trayvon, you know. Right. That was the whole idea with the hoodie up. But um, well, it was a question at first because without the hoodie, you could see more of his face. Yeah. But then it was, let's give homage
2: to. We need to talk about these incidents. Well, I like how it shows how you know the Trayvon Martin and Breonna Taylor, like they they are us, right? Well, they 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 it can literally be anybody in those positions. So the last question I'm asking you is the question that. I ask every um collaboration is what do you believe your mural your concept has uh added to the Mending walls conversation
1: I think it's helped give some voice to the community that's was one of my goals was to help give voice because that is what starts the conversations you know with that the question of am i next i believe mm-hmm. in you yes i think what that can really do is Give some inspiration. It's like, yes, we can change this narrative. Yes. Like, this is what needs to happen. We need to change this narrative. How
0: can we do that? When I look at it, I'm pulling a lot from it, you know, being one of the artists. And then just a collaboration. It felt good, both of us out there, two people from two different cultures, people seeing us working together Mm. and seeing him working on a different color. I mean, just I think the public will see mending walls. I mean, these walls, they heal people um can look at it and 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 express themselves we're out there we're having conversations with them so i think at my opinion this mural kevin was right it works (laughs) what what kevin said
2: no i think but i thought i think you brought up a good point in your explanation which was that you learned from it right i think we as artists and participating in this also are we're emulating what society should do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're emulating that understanding and compassion and empathy to even come up with these designs because they're not easy. It's not it's not easy to collaborate, like, period, but then, like, throw racial <laughs> and social justice on top of that. And yeah. it's like, you know, a different level. So I think I I mean, that's a perfectly acceptable answer. I got, I got one more thing I want to add. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I tell you, Men and Wall kind of it, it kind of helped me come out of a shell because for a while I wasn't painting. This thing hit me. This, you know, the 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 police um, situation, rioting in Richmond. I wake up. I'm, this is not my Richmond, you know, that I'm used to. Because, because you know, I'm, I I was born and raised all Wallace was, and to see that, and I live on Carver, which is right down the street from where these things was happening. I got a a, a little bit just drawn back, you know, and then coming out and painting again, and then because I I was asking myself, so how do I help? These conversations What can I do as an artist What can I say besides Just giving so much feedback Social media Social media I wanted to put my hands In the paint Didn't know how to get started But when 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 the project Mending Walls Came to me It was like this is what we need to do as artists. So just seeing these guys coming together, and we're out there working. They calling and say, "Hey, man, the wall looks good." It did something to me. It restored a belief in me and our system and the things that we can do creatively as artists. And the camaraderie—I can't wait to have a big party
2: because <laughs> all of us guys, man. Well, I'm so, I'm so happy to hear it. Well, we're going to wrap up now. Thank you guys for being a part of this podcast. Uh, I just appreciate your time today. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate absolutely. It. Thanks so much Thanks for so much, yeah. having us be a part of it.
3: This podcast was produced by Pam Hervey and Hamilton Glass, with support by Todd Hervey, Whitney Whiting, and George Parker. It was recorded at In Your Ear Studios and edited by 19 Red. Mending Walls was created by Hamilton Glass and supported by the Community Foundation for Greater Richmond and Eltria Group. Information on this project can be found at the website www.mendingwallsrva.com. Please keep listening for details on when and where you can see the one-hour documentary on Mending Walls to be broadcast on public television. And you can listen to other episodes of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.